Hey everybody, welcome back to another podcast episode here on Aloha Android and we got some news to talk about today. Some interesting things popped up today that um, at first had me for a loop, but after seeing that it's a real thing, we're going to talk about it today. Also, I'm going to share my experience with the iPhone 6S after having it for nearly almost a week, actually no, a week already, seven days with the iPhone 6S, right? It's been something that um, I guess you could say is, is, is odd as I've been a Android enthusiast and Android backer for such a long time. So to actually know that I'm actually using an iPhone and really taking not only my YouTube channel, but just, you know, my, um, my experiences, you know, to the next level when it comes to mobile technology um, therefore, allowing me to broaden the horizon and what I bring to you guys when it comes to uh, talking about mobile technology. So anyways, we are going to jump right in here in just a moment and get started uh, with all the latest news today here on the Aloha Android podcast. So uh, sit back, get your favorite beverage, your favorite snack and enjoy the show. All right, so we're back here. We're going to be talking about the Escobar Fold 1, a device, a foldable device from a company called Escobar Inc. Now, I will get into what this company is and why it's so weird that this is even here. But let's talk about the device itself. It is a foldable device. So this device will contend against the likes of the Galaxy Fold. It will contend against the Huawei foldable device as well as the Moto Razr Refresh. Now, foldable technology is something that people are getting interested in. It is something that we are starting to see people take interest in. As um, the main reason why the Galaxy Fold stalled a bit was because of the issue where people were peeling off the protective film on the display and it was causing issues such as the screen basically uh, going out. Well, Samsung has, you know, reinvented the Galaxy Fold with a bit, a bit of changes to its, tech, you know, its, um, I don't want to say technology, but for, you know, its structure. And um, so now the Galaxy Fold is now out. You can purchase them. It is a $1,500 phone. And um, but there are people who are willing to invest that kind of money into a device. So we are starting to see more and more unboxings on YouTube. We are starting to see more and more on social media, people posting about having the Galaxy Fold. And so it's no surprise to me that the, that the foldable technology is taking off. The fact that um, the Moto, the Moto Razr refresh, which is a refresh from the actual Moto Razrs, the Razr V series from back in early 2000, uh, this device is actually a, also a foldable display. Um, when you actually go to like, let's say like a Best Buy or an AT&T store to play with one, not AT&T store, Verizon, sorry. It is exclusive to Verizon only, but you can go to a Verizon store and play around with the Moto Razr and see for yourself. It is one display. It folds in a clamshell form factor and there's even an Easter egg hidden in the phone itself where you can have the display pretty much mirror image the original look of the Razer, like the, v- the Razer V3M, V3C, V3A, um, how it had that weird button style at the bottom half of, you know, the, you know, the dialer of the phone and then the screen. There's an Easter egg that puts out the uh, UI that makes it look like the original Moto Razer. So foldable technology is something that may have a slow start, but it is something that a lot of people are 
kind of craving for. They're wanting to see more of this. So in pops this company called Escobar Inc. Now, if you want to go to the website, the website is escobarinc.com. So that's Escobar Inc., one word, E-S-C-O-B-A-R-I-N-C.com. Uh, this website, I will warn you right now, it is not for children to look at. So if there's any like underage kids out there who's like, oh, yeah, I heard about the Escobar Fold 1. I want to go to the website and buy one. I would suggest that you do not allow your kids to go to the site as the site is a bit graphic. Okay, The website itself um, pretty much does market the phone. There's only one phone. There's two different models of that one phone. So the Escobar Fold 1 comes in either a 128 gigabyte variant or a 512 gigabyte variant. Now, what that means is, is that that's the amount of internal storage that the device will have. There, um, I, I believe, since they're saying there is a six gig of RAM variant and an eight gig of RAM variant, that I'm thinking that the 128 gigabyte of internal storage couples with six gigabytes of RAM, and then the 512 gigabyte of internal storage couples with the eight gigabytes of RAM. Now, the RAM itself is DDR4, so uh, a bit faster. Um, if you're looking for that, I think um, in the past they were using DDR3, but DDR4 is uh, is the type of RAM that it's using. Uh, specifications I'll get to here in a little bit. Now, pricing of these things, $349 for the 128 gig and $499 for the 512 gigabyte variant. And we're going to go ahead and dive right into the specifications of the Escobar Fold 1. We're going to be looking at the specs here. I got the specs pulled up from the website itself. Uh, so what we're looking at to get if you purchase the Escobar Fold 1, whether the 128 gig or the 512 gig, uh, we're looking at it having an octa-core chip clocked at 2.8 gigahertz. It says here it has a Qualcomm Snapdragon 8 series 8150-64-bit processor. The Adreno 640, for the camera setup, there's a 16 megapixel and a 20 megapixel. Now, both of them have an aperture rating of f1.8, so that's actually pretty good for low light shots. Um, the lower the aperture rating, the more it allows light in. Therefore, you could capture more. Even if even if there was a little bit like dimness in the area that you're at or a little bit dark, it will, it will bring in a little bit more sharper photos. Um, so we already talked about the RAM that is DDR4 at six or eight gigabytes. Uh, the screen size itself is 7.8 inches and it's flexible, duh, it's a foldable phone. Uh, it is an AMOLED display with full HD plus. So that's 1920 by 1444 pixels at an aspect, an, an aspect ratio of 4.3. And it is at 308 pixels per inch. So not 16 by nine, not what we've been used to for the last couple of years, certainly not diving into the um, what is it, the uh, 18 by 9 or, you know, these, these weird wonky um, um, display sizes basically generating a more slimmer but higher or taller display. Um, and, and I can see why it's going by a 4 by 4 by 3 aspect ratio screen itself. Obviously, you know, the display itself being squared out. So they're going for that square look, not, not that rectangular look. I can see that. Uh, 4,000 milliamp lithium polymer battery. This is a non-removable battery. So no, you can't take the battery out. Uh, it supports two SIMs. So both trays are nano SIM size. Uh, we do have a fingerprint biometric security on here. So it's not diving into facial recognition as most phones are starting to do nowadays. It is still using your fingerprint to unlock the device. 
Uh, we'll be running Android 9.0. It says the color here is black, but from the ads that I'm seeing, it's like a gold and black. I don't know why they just went with black itself. Um, let's go with the additional features they want to highlight. So foldable AMOLED um, screen. Uh, there's a protection on it, I guess. I don't know why they have... Um, a comma after it and have protection all by itself. Is it foldable AMOLED screen and protection for it or just separate? Hmm. Pretty interesting. Uh, it supports LTE Cat 18. Of course, again, fingerprint sc uh, scanner, dual cameras, dual SIM card slots, uh, big size screen, it says. Well, duh. Uh, HD sound, USB Type C and loudspeaker, Bluetooth 5.1, dual band Wi Fi. Um, Fast charger. They don't say how fast though, so I don't know if it's an 18 watt or a higher watt charger. Uh, noise cancellation microphones on it. It's got a document editor. Um, okay, so here's here's the charger output power. It's at uh, five volts at five amps. Um, it does support voice over LTE or VOLTE support. So I mean, there we go. I mean, those are the specifications of the Escobar Fold, and it's so weird saying that because my last name is Escobar. Uh, but here's the mission statement of the company itself. Let me just tap to their homepage. Uh, hang on here. It's telling me internal server error. Why? I'm just trying to access their page. Okay, so here it is. Um, homepage itself says Escobar Inc., the holding company for Pablo Escobar. If you don't know who Pablo Escobar is, do your, do your research, your history. If you don't take my word for it in this podcast. But Pablo Escobar was the leader of the Medlin Cartel. Referencing Medellin, Colombia. Uh, his uh, export business dealt with cocaine. So he was one of the big providers of cocaine in the United States since back in the day. He was killed um, during an operative sting. And uh, yes, he has a brother, which strangely enough, his brother's name is Roberto Escobar, which is my name. I am not his brother if you guys are thinking that. I get this all the time. I get teased about my last name all the time when it comes to this because people will always ask me, are you related to the Escobar family from Colombia? And I'm like, no, I'm not related to them, but in a way I am. And it has nothing to do with being closely blood related. It has to do with the fact that they share the same last name as me. And one thing is for sure, the last name Escobar stems all the way back to Spain. So any family, whether it's in Brazil, Colombia, Argentina, uh, Paraguay, uh, Mexico, Puerto Rico, Cuba, if you have that last name, your descendants comes from Spain, which my descendants come from Spain, which means that in a way we are related, but not related enough to say that we're going to be in the same family tree. So I just want to kind of clarify that. Um, but yes, this company was started in 1984. Uh, it is branded Escobar Inc. And they're stepping into the mobile smartphone game. Now, crazy enough as it is, you know, it, I would have to use the phone to say whether the phone is good or not. But the one thing that kind of bothers me is how they're marketing this on their website, which is why I say that children who may be interested in getting the Escobar Fold 1 I wouldn't recommend you allow your child to go to the website. Now, it's not like that there's a lot of pornographic scenes on the website itself, but they have these female models and they are scantily clad right now. They like some of the photos shows them holding the, the foldable phone. They are smiling, but they're in their bra and panties. 
And there's another photo where two women are biting the corners of the phone and there's two guns being placed to their faces and they may be nude because the bottom half of the photo is darkened out so we don't know if they're nude or not nude or what. Um, And then there's a photo to the right where it shows four women completely nude, hands crossing, you know, because they're being shot from the side. And so their hands are extending across to block their their breasts and the way that they're standing you're not going to get a a a shot of their snatch but like i said like this is uh in a way exploiting women to a degree um it's like it begs the question and here's where it comes from from my point of view being a geek and a nerd do you really need hot women dressed in compromising positions to really market and sell your phone? Like, does your phone not stand up to what the specifications are? Because there are companies out there who will, in fact, list all these things that their phones have, and then their phones actually don't have that when you break down the phone and really check it out. Which is why it's one of the reasons why I say that you guys should actually use certain applications like CPU-Z, which does give you readout information of the device and tells you like the exact milliamp size of the battery, the CPU, how much the CPU is using, how many cores is being used, how much RAM is being used. Like an app that, that pulls the full details of your device. Because while on paper or on black and white or on website, It can list a whole bunch of things that's like sounds really good for specifications. But is that what they really used in the device? We won't know unless we tear it apart and actually look at it. And because Escobar Inc. is actually starting to get recognized here in the U.S., I'm pretty sure some of my colleagues are going to go and try to get that device. I am not interested in getting the device itself. I think it's kind of weird. Just how they're going about this and the fact that they're using Pablo Escobar, a well-known drug lord, the leader of the Medlin cartel before he was killed, that they're using his name and these women to market this phone. Like Escobar Inc. came out of nowhere. I've never heard of this company before and anyone in the tech industry has not ever heard of this company before. Yet they are here with one model device being sold right now. Uh, That model comes in in two versions and... Yeah, you can you can order one and pick one up. It says that these devices are compatible with every carrier in the United States as well as worldwide carriers recognized internationally. So here we go. We we have this new company, but I just I don't know, like um maybe I'm different. I know some guys might get their rocks off seeing photos like this and think it's pretty cool. I don't think it's cool to do this to women at all whatsoever. And I know some women are okay with it. I mean, there's women, you know, in, in the porn industry that don't care to be in it. They don't care what people think of them in the outside world. They're making good money filming themselves doing compromisable things. And, you know, but for me as a person, like, I, it's just kind of sad that this is the type of marketing that they that they feel like they have to go with just to get their phones hyped out there. I'm sure they could have came a whole different way. I mean, what I would have done if I was the owner of Escobar Inc. and I, and, and my company built me what's what we call the Escobar Fold 1, which is our first foldable phone and our first only smartphone, I would seek out well-known um, you know tech reviewers that are trusted and I would give them one of these and have them try it out and let them be my marketing campaign. Let them, you know, word of mouth, basically. Word of mouth. I would have gone that route. Um, doing something like this, having women with guns to their faces, it just sends the wrong signal. 
And it's like, what's this phone really for? Is this phone for the mafia? Is this for, for mobsters and gangsters? You know, is there some is there some sort of application that they also developed that, that's natively built into the phone that, you know, has, in, you know, a way to encrypt messages and protect, you know, people with banking transactions and things like that? Like, I mean, these are some of the things that people are going to think about when, when, they, when they are thinking about the Escobar Fold 1 and in the way that they're marketing it. So, um, yeah, it, it's just absolutely crazy. I mean, the photos that they used... Um, to uh, to show you guys, you know, the, the phone themselves. It, it's it's just it's it's crazy. I mean, they even have where Pablo Escobar's face is the wallpaper of one of the phones that they're holding. Um, I think you know, it's just it's outrageous. Um, yeah, they have um they have several YouTube videos uh, advertising the phone with these women on it. There's another video that shows you the phone itself. And it just has a picture of um, Pablo Escobar on the on the home display, which I think is just kind of crazy. You know, when you think about it, a reputation like Pablo Escobar and the things that he's done, I would not want to back a company behind that name. I mean, sure, it does it does incite a lot of people who may have been fascinated uh, by his time and his dealings and what he's done. I mean, there's people who are fascinated with Al Capone. There's people who's fascinated with Bugsy Siegel. Um, there are a lot of known gangsters from back in the day that people are interested in knowing about and how they impacted America. But Pablo Escobar pretty much introduced the United States to some real heavy stuff. And it destroyed families, destroyed lives. And I don't know if I, sh- if I would want my phone to be backed by his name. Like, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with this. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Well, that's my thoughts on the, on the Escobar Fold 1 by Escobar Inc. Um, definitely going to follow through with this and see how well this phone performs out there compared to the likes of the Galaxy Fold, the Moto Razr Refresh, and, um, you know, Huawei foldable devices, and even non-traditional foldable devices like, um, like there's one from ZTE, I forgot what it's called. Uh, but, yeah, we'll follow through, and I'll keep you guys updated on that. And now on to the next thing. Um, you guys actually have until tomorrow to take advantage of the Cyber Monday deal for a Pixel 4 or Pixel 4 XL. Now, again, Cyber Monday, it was supposed to have end it's supposed to have ended on Monday. They actually ran it through the weekend, which is so weird. It's so weird how Black Friday and Cyber Monday goes now. Like before Black Friday was just on Friday, right? Like the day after Thanksgiving. And Cyber Monday was only on the Monday after. Right? And then, you know, after that, then they changed it up and they made it to where Black Friday started Thanksgiving evening, which I thought was stupid because it took people away from their families or people ate early in the day. Like they would cook Thanksgiving dinner, you know, early in the morning and then have Thanksgiving dinner at lunchtime so they can go to Black Friday sales that would go on Thursday evening throughout Friday and end um, Friday or Saturday midnight, basically Friday midnight, Saturday morning. And then Cyber Monday started, uh, they started doing this on Sunday evening all the way until Monday night. It was just crazy. But I knew they were going to extend it out further because then, you know, shop stores and stuff like that are greedy, you know. Um, and then they did. And, and look how bad it is, how, how, how washed up um, Black Friday, Cyber Monday was. So you had um, Black Friday start Thanksgiving evening again. But Black Friday ran from Thanksgiving evening all day Friday, all day Saturday, and ended Saturday night, Sunday morning. Then you had Cyber Monday sales that started Saturday through Sunday and ended Monday. So then why are they called Black Friday and, 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 and Cyber Monday? Why don't they just change the name to it 
to, um, you know, we're going to take you from your family on Thanksgiving Day shopping deals, you know, or, um, you know, the uh, after Thanksgiving Cyber Weekend sale. You know, they could have came up with any other moniker for it. Uh, at least that's the way I think about it because it's just told, told, it's so weird. Black Friday extended into the weekend and then Cyber Monday started the weekend and ended on Monday. So, I mean, I mean that, that's just my thoughts on those sales. But anyways, Google went ahead and extended Cyber Monday sales for the Pixel 4, the Pixel 4 XL uh, for another 48 hours. So at the end of today ends the first 24 hours of it. So tomorrow will end the actual Cyber Monday sale. Kind of crazy. Um... But yeah, it is what it is. Or actually, no. Yesterday and today. So today it ends it. I don't know why I'm bringing it up then. <laughs> uh, but still, yeah, if you still want to get a Pixel 4 for the, for the Cyber Money discount, uh, you got to do it by the end of today. Get it done by the end of today and get yourself a Pixel 4 and 4 XL. Um, sure, there are some things going around about the Pixel 4. It is the most controversial phone of 2019. But let me tell you guys right now, don't always listen to the things you hear online and experience the phone for yourself. So go into a Best Buy where they sell Pixel 4s and play around with one and see if it's a a phone that's fit for you or if it's not. That's what I would recommend to anyone out there who is on the fence about what phone should I get. Or uh, I'm, I'm thinking about the Pixel 4, but a lot of people are saying this, this, and that, and the third about it. Look, don't listen to what everyone says about it. If you're still on the fence about it, go play with it yourself. Best Buy has them on display. You can walk up to them. You can pick one up, play around with it, play around with the cameras, and find out, is this the phone for you? And you can do that with any phone that they have out there. Samsung Galaxy devices, LG devices, Motorola, etc. You can go do that at Best Buy. So, um, But yeah, you have until the end of the night tonight. I believe, to take advantage of the Pixel 4, Pixel 4 XL, Cyber Monday sales. Go ahead and do that. Or if you're looking for any of the other Google products, because they extended it for all Google products. So if you want a Pixel Book Go, if you want um, a, a, you know, um, a Google Nest uh, Mini, or you know, if you want Google Wi-Fi, any of those things, any of those products and goods served by Google and sold by Google, definitely you can get one on a deal. So take advantage of that before the night is up. And finally, how has the iPhone 6S been for me since getting it a week ago? The craziest thing is that, you know, I used to say in the past that I would never use an iPhone. And then as I matured throughout my adventure in mobile technology, I started telling people, well, the iPhone is not so bad. Um, I would be honest with people and say, hey, I can tell you my opinions of what Apple is saying about their iPhone, but I could never tell you about my experience because... I have not used an iPhone. And the reason why I haven't used the iPhone is is the main common reason that most people are embarrassed to say. But I don't have the luxury to afford to be buying an iPhone every year or every other year. As iPhones are very, very, very expensive. Okay, The newer models are already close to $1,000. Do you know what you can do with, with close to $1,000 in cash if you didn't buy yourself an iPhone? You can buy yourself half of a nice new wardrobe probably one or two pairs of name brand kicks. So I'm talking about Jordans. I'm talking about Adidas. I'm talking about Reebok. I'm talking about... um, Does anyone wear British Knights or Columbia Knights anymore? Are those shoes even out? I remember my dad buying me a pair of British Knights when I was in first grade. I was in first grade. I got a pair of British Knights. They were white with the little British Knight logo on the side with gold um, stitching around the letter so you can see the letter. And, um, yeah, I have not seen a, a place sell British Knights sneakers anymore. 
Um, so yeah, but anyways, that was my reason why I, didn't, I never got an iPhone. Was just you know, it's expensive. Like I said, you could buy a lot of things with uh, with seven hundred and fifty dollars, or even a thousand dollars, or twelve hundred dollars, or even fifteen hundred dollars. You can buy yourself something nice. A thousand dollars could put you a nice down payment on the on a pretty decent used vehicle, especially if you're trying to find like a like a used vehicle for your kid who just got their learner's permit or just got their driver's license. You can get them a pretty sweet deal. A thousand bucks down on the vehicle that probably cost five thousand dollars used on a car lot, and you got them a nice little car that they can get around town with that they're gonna. Hopefully appreciate because you know money ain't money ain't free. It don't fall off trees, but you know again point being they're they're pretty expensive. Now you can go online and you can find people who are selling iPhones, but they're really hard to trust when you're buying them online used from a seller. And the reason why I say that is is because some people will just market their iPhone online and say, hey. I got an iPhone 6S for sale. I'm going to sell it for 250 bucks. It's a 64 gig variant or a 32 gig variant or you know 128 gig variant, whatever it is, right? And um, you know they uh, show you that you know when they boot the phone up that it's been reset, but then uh, they don't tell you that it's activate it's activated locked, where you can't activate it on any other network except for the network that the phone was on. Which, if you don't have that network, if that's not what you use, then you just spent $250 on a phone that you're not going to be able to use, or you're going to have a hell of a time trying to unlock it. Um, besides that, there are people who sell phones that are iCloud locked, which is completely unusable at that point, unless you know the, the Apple ID and password to log in so you can take that, that um, Apple account off that phone and put your own on it. Um, there's people that do all the, all these crazy things or, you know, they, they, they cracked the screen and they went through a third party um, repair person and they tell you like, yeah, iPhone success for sale. And then, you know, you, you get the phone, you set it up, you try to set up touch ID and touch ID ain't working because they used generic third party parts from China. So the actual touch ID button that you're pushing on is just a regular button and not a biometric reader. You know, these are a lot of the things that you have to worry about if you're going to try and buy secondhand used iPhones. You really have to be careful. Uh, most of the people who get used iPhones usually get it from someone they know. So like a friend that has like an iPhone 7 that he doesn't use anymore because he got the iPhone XS Max and the year before that he got the iPhone 10 and the year before that he got the iPhone 8. So he don't use the iPhone 7 anymore and you know that he, you know it's your friend, right? So you know, he sells you the phone for 250 bucks and you got a pretty decent iPhone 7 and you know it's working and everything like that. But of course, if there's anything that's wrong with it or if your friend you know, scams you, you can go beat the crap out of him and get your money back and keep the phone if you wanted to be, a, you know, a total, a total a-hole about it. But, you know, getting iPhones used is very hard to do. It's, um, it's very hard to trust people outside like that. Um, even with companies like, you know, Swappa.com or, you know, whatever. Um, what's the other one? Let go. Um, all these different things, even, even the Facebook market, it's really hard to trust people. But people today just for some reason have no honor and, and no respect and they will they will sell you an iPhone because they know people go crazy over iPhones. And that's why I got an iPhone because I wanted to understand the madness, why people go crazy over these things. So a week having the iPhone success, which this week, later on this week, I think Friday, an iPhone 7 should be arriving in my possession. A friend of mine who had an iPhone 7 shipped one out to me yesterday. Um, the tracking number says it'll be here by Friday. Hopefully, it arrives here at our center tonight and then on a mail truck tomorrow. And then I'll have it tomorrow, Thursday, a day ahead instead of Friday. Fingers crossed. But um, 
the iPhone 6s that I got is only a 16 gig variant. I was looking for the cheapest one I can find on OfferUp and found one for 50 bucks. Most iPhone 6s, people are selling them for like anywhere between 150 to 350 dollars, and I was like, I'm not gonna spend that kind of money. But I found one for 50 bucks. Yes, there are some minor issues to it. The person was straight up with me, and I appreciate that. Um, the fact is, is that it does have a crack display. Uh, the, the crack does not run through the display. It runs around the bezels. So I'm okay with that. I can handle that and deal with that. Um, it does not interfere with my ability to use the device. 16 gigs of onboard storage is not a lot. And I'm not intending to do a lot of things with it. So I don't have like games and stuff downloaded on it. I still have most of the apps that I use essentially on my Pixel 3. And I still carry my Pixel 3 with me. But I've been giving the iPhone 6 a fair shot. Um, I've been doing text messaging, phone calls, and things like that from it. I have friends with iOS, so I've been able to utilize iMessage and FaceTime. And, you know, I gotta say, there are some good things about iOS and the iPhone that I wish were implemented into Android. One of my favorite things is that the tracking number that my friend gave me to track the iPhone 7 that's supposed to be coming to me. Um, I typed it out in a text message and texted it to myself so I don't have to keep looking at the screenshot he took showing me the receipt that he shipped the device out. And um, on the iPhone, if I long press on that text bubble that I text my other phone, a window pops up on top of it and it asks me if I want to track it. So it's like iOS knows that that number is a USPS tracking number. So I tap the button that says track it and it opens Chrome because I don't use Safari and it pulls up USPS.com and it auto inputs the tracking number and up pops the, um, what do you call it? The, um, like, oh gosh, what's it called? Brain fart here. Woo. Not good. Uh, but yeah, it just basically tells me like, like the last known, um, scan or the last known uh, input from USPS regarding the tracking of the, of the package. And that's pretty cool. Cause like on Android, if I was to go on my pixel three, which I'll do right now, I'll go on my pixel three and, um, I'll open up the text from myself and I'll long press on that and all it gives me is to copy the number, delete the, the text itself, uh, set a reminder, but it does not give me the ability to open it in, um, to, to open tracking for it and open up Chrome. And that's something that I think that, you know, Android could do. They could implement this into Android. I mean, when, when you really think about it, the differences between iOS and Android are very minimal now because both companies have adopted from each other. Like if you think about it, um, 3D Touch on the iPhone, where if you long press on an app, it brings up a hidden menu. You can do that on Android by long pressing and it brings up a hidden menu. Um, the way that the applications look and feel. Now, of course, the launcher itself on Android is different than iOS. You can add widgets and things like that on Android. You can't do that on iOS with the iPhone on the home screen, but they have a screen where you swipe um, from the right and it brings up your widgets. You can add as much widgets as you want on one page and then have your page of app icons and that's pretty much it. Kind of boring, uh, nothing to get all bananas over, but still functional and um, yeah. So applications like Hangouts, Hangouts which is a Google application, but it does look better on iOS. But not look as in like the, the UI of the app itself. It's still green and white, which people say they hate that color but it has a little bit more functionality and it doesn't require a companion app like Hangouts does on Android. Um, for instance, if you wanted to 
if you wanted to, to use um, your Google Find number or your Google Voice number with Hangouts, um, you would need the Hangouts app, and then you would have to go in the Play Store and download the Hangouts Dialer app. Without the Dialer app, you can't set up to receive incoming calls from Google Voice or Google Fi um, into Hangouts as your all-in-one. And then the way that the, the app looks, the UI, you have a tab for messages and a tab for the dialer. Now, if you go on iOS, there's four tabs at the bottom. One is contacts, one is favorites, one is your messages, and one is dialer. There is no companion app to download with the iOS version of Hangouts. And having those four tabs at the bottom makes it a bit more functional. Why doesn't Google and its Hangouts team do this for Hangouts on Android? It would totally fix the problem that people are having with Hangouts on Android. I firmly believe in that now. I believe that if they went ahead and ditched the video calling and just have the video call button launch Duo, which Duo is the video calling for Android, uh, but if they did that, got rid of it, and created those tabs and built in the dialer natively into the Hangouts app without requiring a companion app, Hangouts would do so much better. As far as using FaceTime, FaceTime is pretty cool, but it's not anything I'm going to go bananas over. FaceTime is pretty much like Duo for Android. does the same thing. It's very clear when you're video calling, so I can't really go bananas over it. Uh, the blue bubble versus the green bubble thing that, that some idiots talk about when they reference why they'll never leave an iPhone because they can't leave the blue bubble um, makes me think that you know Google and their Android messages that they purposely made it where um, in message threads there's a blue bubble. Because I'm thinking that they're trying to accommodate for those people that are switching from iOS to Android. Now Android is getting RCS, which is Rich Communicative Services, and RCS is basically a redevelopment of SMS. SMS is old technology, it's been around since 1994, and RCS is supposed to be a lot more better. It will allow you to send you know videos without having it compressed and de destroying the um, the uh, image quality of both videos and, and photos itself. It'll allow you to see when someone receives your text message, see if they're responding back to you. So it kind of makes it like chat. Um, RCS is rolling out on Android. Now, iMessage, that's what iMessage did. That's what a lot, why a lot of iPhone users loved iMessage. They had that ability. And why wouldn't Apple do something like that to create an almost near-rich messaging experience bet between iPhone users? I mean, you know, that's smart. That's smart marketing, right? Um, but I don't see and I don't feel like, you know, okay, after using iMessage with certain people, if you don't have an iPhone and you have a regular phone, I'm sending you a regular text message, the bubble is green, I'm not going to, I don't feel a reason to be like, oh my gosh, I hate the green bubble, you know, like people over-exaggerate those things. I'm not sure why. But I say, I say unto a lot of people, you know, chill out with that, shut up about the bubbles, the bubbles, the bubbles. You know what they remind me of when people that are like heavy iPhone users and they talk about the blue bubble, the green bubble, they remind me of that fish in Finding Nemo who's always like, the bubbles, the bubbles, the bubbles, the bubbles, you know, that's what they remind me of. I'm not sure, but you know, it just, it just, when they say that, that's what I think. That's what I literally think. So I'm not entirely sure why people are so addicted to the blue bubble, but hey, to each his own. Um, so anyhow, I am still at this point. I'm using the iPhone 6S. I'm using it with visible uh, mobile, visible wireless. Um, the iPhone 7 that I'm getting, I'm getting it from a buddy of mine. Uh, he says that it, that it was from T-Mobile and it may still be locked to T-Mobile. I'm not sure. I do know that T-Mobile automatically unlocks the device, I think, after like six months. Uh, 
or so. So hopefully it's already unlocked. I'm going to try and put uh, my visible SIM card into the iPhone 7 and use that. And um, I'm still working out a deal with a secret sponsor. I can't put this person on blast. But this person has like a bunch of iPhones and offered me and a colleague of mine um, Steed Mobile Tech, he offered us to use um, an iPhone XS for however long we want to, to do some reviews and thoughts on it. Uh, he was supposed to uh, ship one out. I don't haven't heard nothing yet, so as soon as I know when that comes out, you guys will know, and then I will try that. So basically, I'm trying the 6S, I'm trying the, you know, the favorite 7, everyone loved the iPhone 7, and then I'm going to try something that's more modern with the, with the Apple gestures and things like that within the iPhone XS. Hopefully it's a 10R because, you know, 10S is made of glass, 10R is plastic. I would prefer the 10R, so I'm not too worried about damage or anything like that. I am going to case them up, keep them protected because they're not my phones. I have to give them back, and I sure as heck am not spending $1,000 because I accidentally cracked a phone that I was lended to use. So we'll see what happens as this progresses. Um... I will do, at the end of the year, I will do a full thought on iOS 13. Uh, Also, I will do a live stream on YouTube to close out a decade. If you guys did not think about that, this month is the last month of a decade. Because we're going to hit 2020, which starts a new decade, a new 10-year slot. So, ending a decade, I want to go out with a bang. I'll do a live stream on on YouTube, on... um, New Year's Eve, so I hope you guys are there to hang out with me. It'll be about an hour long. I don't want to take too much of you guys' time, but I do want to celebrate it with a lot of people who have been huge supporters of both my YouTube channel and my podcast. So thank you guys so much. Um, But that's pretty much it for today's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed what I had to talk about and say. You guys could leave audio responses back to me if you guys want to, uh, if you're listening on Anchor. If you're listening on, on your favorite podcast source, um, you guys can pretty much send me out, um, you know, you can go to my YouTube channel and send me a message there on any one of my videos or, um, yeah, just do it that way or yeah, just, just, just do it that way. I was going to say, cause the Facebook fan page, I think went down already. Um, uh, but yeah, that's it for right now, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um, uh, I may be upping the amount of episodes that you guys get here. So we might go from one to more. But uh, yeah, if not, I will see you guys next Wednesday. And as always, aloha.